Welcome to Millennial Z and Boomer X. I am Boomer X. And I am Millennial Z. And today we're talking about Russia invading the Ukraine. And we have purposefully waited a couple of weeks because we wanted more solid information and believable information to come out. And we wanted to see what would happen over the course of time so that we could more accurately filter through and research information that was reliable and point out how some things may have been a bit unreliable in the beginning of this thing. But on Thursday, February 24th, 2022, Russia indeed invaded the Ukraine. Yep. Kind of called it. You call yeah. <laughs> well, we, you did in our, uh, Russia and China Pact podcast. Yeah, you did call yeah. it. And uh, I, I agreed that it was certainly a, a probability, but hope they wouldn't do it. And now that they have and they've been there for two weeks, approximately, well, we can see. But the interesting thing, just a few hours ago today, everybody was speculating on that it was simply a control of resources. And while that may be true, they were totally wrong about which resources. Everybody thought it was about Ukrainian pipelines and oil reserves and all this other thing, uh, including uh, access to seas. Uh, we thought that and others thought that, but not the case <laughs> because Russia has just put on the table. And like I said, this is just hours ago and it came from the Associated Press. Well, actually it came from Kiev Independent um, news broadcasters but was picked up by the associated press and it stated that russia claims it will stop the war immediately if the ukraine agrees to cease military action change their constitution to enshrine neutrality for the ukraine recognize crimea as a russian territory and recognize the russian controlled areas of donetsk and luhansk in the Ukraine as independent states, though they will no longer be part of the Ukraine. And they are on the eastern border of Russia. They are two small regions of the Ukraine nestled up against Russia and are predominantly Russian speaking. And he wishes them to be independent states, not even a part of Russia. But if the Ukraine will agree to all that, War's over. They'll pull out, and that's that. So, no, it's not. <laughs> you don't if think? They, even if they do agree to it, I do think Russia will stop stop the imminent war right now. But it's literally the same tactic they used in in Georgia in two thousand eight. They did the same thing. While what's, we were all while we were all worried about Afghan and Iraq war in two thousand eight, uh, Russia was waging war on on Georgia. And not a lot of people right. remember this. I remember that. I remember okay. that. Yeah. They took over two territorial areas, I can't remember the name of them, in Georgia at the time, mm -hmm. and they waited a little longer. They they stopped they stopped the war after that and they waited a little longer. And then they and then NATO kept creeping up towards Georgia from from that area again, from Iraq and Iran, and giving those people more and more weapons. And Russia doesn't like when you start creeping on their doorstep like that. So well, from those no, positions, no country does. Up. So I mean, look at right. the U.S. You know, or any other country mm -hmm. that is anxious about other 
uh, militarily competent countries being next door yeah. to them, it makes them nervous. I don't blame Russia for doing that. What I'm saying is like this is a, a repetitive process. I think this is exactly well, the same thing. I do going to do again. I do blame them for invading the Ukraine. It, it wasn't necessary, in my opinion. Although obviously Russia does not believe that, and I know that the Ukraine had applied for NATO inclusion to be an ally of NATO, and Russia absolutely doesn't want that, and that's obvious by one of the conditions for Russia to pull out of the Ukraine stating they want Ukraine to be neutral. They can't right. be a member. When I of say I don't blame Russia, I say that as in the remark of they would have any other country, a superpower would have done the same thing. China would have done the same thing in the same oh, situation. Yeah. Oh, USA yeah. would have done the same thing. In the same USA situation. probably would have done something even more aggressive <laughs> to right. stop it. And that's what I mean when I say I don't blame them because any other country within their power guard would have been like okay i don't like this we're gonna keep we're gonna yeah, not you let need this to stop happen. that yeah 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 uh so it, it seems and of course like i mentioned earlier we're only unless we're there and we are part of some very very secretive <laughs> information we really don't know what's going yeah, on it's all there. speculation correct and, and neither does anybody else and and that includes the U.S. They don't really know. They guessed too. They guessed it was pipelines and reserves and other things, or at least that's what they told us. And it appears simply that Russia wants its people to be its people. They want to annex those small territories in the eastern Ukraine, or they don't even want to annex them. They want them to be independent and let them be self-determining which is really interesting because usually the U.S. is all about that, right? Mm -hmm. And they wish that other countries to recognize Crimea because they had a democratic vote and over 90%, if you can believe it, voted to be part of Russia. That's what's reported. And they simply, right. And they <laughs> simply want to say, yeah, we want everybody else to acknowledge that too. Well, mm -hmm. allegedly there was an independent group counting those votes and it was overwhelming that Crimea wanted to be part of Russia. Mm -hmm. So they, Russia simply stating, if this can be believed as well, that they want everybody else to agree with Crimea and say, hey, yeah, we want to do this. Uh, they want the Russian people to be independent, not part of the Ukraine since they're mostly Russian speaking anyway. And they don't want the Ukraine to follow up and start and kill all of their soldiers while they're retreating back across the border. So that being I, the case, uh, the war would be over unless you think it's just a grand tactic. And I, I don't think it's a grand tactic. You do. You're nodding your head. People can't hear that on a podcast. So yes, gotta, I am definitely yeah. nodding my head. <laughs> yeah. I completely think it's a grand tactic. I, I don't think it's a, it's a tactic or strategy. And, and the reason why is while Russia has enough forces to overwhelm the Ukraine, and you'll notice NATO has been extremely careful to not go into it. They're simply buttressing up the NATO borders along the Ukraine. And when I say NATO borders, the uh, members of the NATO, mm -hmm. uh, countries that are members of the NATO along the side of the Ukraine so that the war doesn't spill over into the rest of Europe. But Russia cannot maintain an army there. They cannot maintain nope. control of the Ukraine because most of the Ukraine doesn't want any part of being a part of Russia. 
And you know, if you have a hostile country and the overwhelming majority, even a, a significant minority of people don't want to be a part of that country, you can't maintain control of it. And they know that. They don't have the resources. You can if you have the resources. That's they, the problem. Not they really. The, resources to do it. the U.S. had the resources for Afghanistan, and they got tired of it after 20 years. That could be so, a different podcast, but I could argue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> sure, everything's arguable. But what I'm saying is if you have a significant group of native people in their own country. Look who, at Japan. Who refused to be, well, they had to surrender. And that that's a whole different that's a whole different discussion at a whole different time. I'm talking about now with the way people think and what they do. And it's Ukraine's not a small country. Russia is also very limited in resources as well. They their, are. They are, their resources, their economy is less than the state of Texas in the United States. Now, the state of Texas, the United States is huge. Mm-hmm. However, their economy, a state is bigger than the entire nation of Russia, which is vast and has which is huge the- oil resources and, and a lot of people scattered all over. And they don't have the same economy as Texas does. But that's the argument towards their intentions with Ukraine because uh, Ukraine has oil deposits. It's known that they have one of the so highest Russia. oil deposits. Not, it does, not, Serbia. But I mean, it is already right. the second world's you know, oil and gas distributor. Russia is, Russia, but Ukraine right. has just been recently known for oil deposits, but they don't have the resources to get those, and right. that's why Exxon and Shell came over there to try to get them. Russia stopped that from happening with with their wages of war, and I think that's also another intention. I don't. It, I think that was just a happy side effect for Russia, honestly, because no. <laughs> I mean most most of Russia's exports. Almost all of Russia's export is oil, oil and gas. Right. They they do nothing else of any real significance to the rest of the world to export. A third of their GDP is yeah, is oil a and third gas. one product, one product mm-hmm. that is huge. So, and yeah. Biden just is is preparing to call a moratorium on Russian oil, and that's going to cripple them. Uh, not to mention they've already be cri- been crippled because. Many, many U.S. businesses flat won't do business with Russia anymore or are simply pulled out of the nation of Russia. And I know that is crushing their economy. So they have no interest in making this a long term thing. They can't take it. I'm telling I'm you right wondering, now. I'm wondering. I haven't looked into it. And I really wish I did. I don't know how much it's really crippling their economy because there's a lot of third party avenues. Right. Well, getting this, around that. Again, the, the war is only two weeks old. So the impact of it can't be really. Right. You determined that yet. Right. It can't be determined yet. We don't have the numbers. However, you have the richest country on the planet, the US, and most of the international companies won't do business with them or have pulled out. Mm-hmm. So that has got to sting. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. If those countries left the United States, it would sting. And the United States has many, many more companies making a lot more money, and we would still feel it. Another the- speculation to put on there is them doing this has a two-prong attack. And what do you mean then? Who's them? Russia attacking Ukraine has a very, has much more informative implications than I think we're given credit to of the like China what? and Russia impact of seeing how UN reacts when somebody attacks a, yes. a neutral or NATO nation as in Taiwan to China. They want to right. see that reaction and see well, how Taiwan, people... I don't believe, is, is not a NATO nation. It isn't. And, 
So and they it declared is, it is independence in the nineties. Billions of dollars. Yeah, they have a they have a thriving economy over there, and I'm sure China is watching with bated breath the entire thing. Well, billions of military dollars too. They they're giving sure. weapons to sure. defend themselves from China. Right, right. From America. <laughs> right, right. And and I and I know there are some similarities, but there's a lot of differences too. Like mm-hmm. Taiwan's always been on Chinese soil, even though they declared their independence in the '90s. The the Ukraine thing, although I agree with you, politically. I don't believe it went the way that Russia expected. And the reason why they're putting up these terms for leaving the war is they're feeling the pinch and they're letting people know, hey, we're not monsters. They, the, and the entire world has turned against Russia politically almost, except China perhaps. And even China has simply said they don't believe that invasions of other countries, they're big on uh, nation sovereignty. They don't like invasions. And have said mm-hmm. that publicly a number of times. Now, of course, oftentimes countries lie to do what they want, but that's a <laughs> that is a no, uh, huh? Yeah, that is well, politicians and politicians run countries, so there you are. Right. But that is a, a safe and accurate statement. They give all, you know, uh, signs that they believe that they. I haven't seen anything except you know unless you want to talk about tibet but that's a whole other thing they again they see tibet as part of china <laughs> and that's one way to get around that no 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 you're part of us so we're not invading we're just reclaiming we're right. just reminding you you know who, uh, who you're a part of but and uh, and russia tried to claim that but that's simply false uh the ukraine was a thriving country and kiev was a city while moscow was a farming village so they, they really couldn't claim uh, Ukraine's been around for a thousand years. Russia didn't exist then as such. So, you know, it, that won't hold any water, even though they may be the same or very similar DNA stock. Similar. Well, technically, I mean, they were under USSR. They did become independent well, they did. in 1991. And I know that's what Putin's like thinking that. about. They were part of the Soviet bloc, like all those other uh, Eastern European and and. Uh, Western Asian countries. They were part of the Soviet. And I'm sure he's thinking of the glory days when they had more resources at their disposal and more people to throw at problems and that sort of thing. But it's simply not that way anymore. And I know they're aware of it. Um, it the, the amount of companies that have left Russia or won't do business with them is very long. The, the list is very long and there are more and more every day. Uh, right now, in fact, Coca-Cola is catching heat because they haven't declared that they're going to pull out of Russia. I mean, Coca-Cola. Uh, there are uh, a, to that's me, a very big. And this well-known. is all this is all face saving nonsense to me. This is the same thing of well, of, po- of businesses to politicians are the same same cloth torn. However yeah, that yeah. I, well, I see politicians usually as failed business people. <laughs> they can't produce, right. so they. They make up stories and get people to like them, but most of them, not all of them. But, you know, the, the thing of it is, I, I would normally agree with you, except that the terms, if that can be believed, I mean, Kiev put these out. That's the Ukrainian, uh, ind- you know, independent uh, news group, not Russia didn't put this out. Kiev independent news broadcasters put that Russian claimed it will stop and it if the Ukraine agrees to cease military action, change their constitution to enshrine neutrality, means not become a member of NATO, 
recognize Crimea as a Russian territory, meaning Ukraine would have to recognize Crimea, and recognize the Russian-controlled areas of Donetsk and Luhansk as independent states, because they're Russian anyway, and they're just saying, hey, we want you to make this official. They're not a part of you. Those are not unreasonable demands for an invading force that's winning. That, it's that not unreasonable, but it's effectively doing what they want to why they invaded in the first place. Right. And I think so they're laying it on the table. Look, this is why we invaded. We're not being unreasonable. You people just refuse to listen to us. You're, and of course, they're going to say you're not being reasonable at all. So we were left with no choice but to make you do what you should have done in the first place. That's right. essentially what they're claiming. And while I believe that invasion is almost never a means, an appropriate means of getting your point across, he's at least saying you're going to listen or it's going to be bad for everybody. And I've just proven it. I'm not above killing people to make you listen to me because you won't listen to me otherwise. You know, mm -hmm. but as I said, they can't stay there. They can't occupy the whole country. And now it seems that he had no intention of occupying the Ukraine. He just simply wanted the Ukraine to be the Ukraine and not a member of NATO. That looks like that was its biggest, their biggest thing. They didn't want the Ukraine to be hostile. They still wanted to be a neutral ground. They didn't want it to be right. NATO They wanted territory. to be like a, a buffer country for strategy and not another NATO ally. Mm -hmm. And and the NATO hadn't accepted them. The Ukraine applied for NATO membership. Because they know why. <laughs> a couple of years. Sure. They were like, hmm, this is interesting. And I'm sure... Phone calls were made immediately in the Russian diplomats or an ambassadors are right there going, this can't happen. This would never be accepted. You can't do this. So it was just table. Yeah, there was know, a lot of consideration immediately. And, I, and that's what I'm saying. There were things going on that nobody knows about. And I would be willing to bet that NATO was very close to announcing the Ukraine to be the newest member. And Russia was saying, Most likely. no, no, this is not acceptable. We aren't going to tolerate it. And yeah. this... And this might have been a way to say, I'm serious when I say we're not going to tolerate it. <laughs> because that, that is very, very like, and I thought about that many times. I'm sure they didn't have public advocation on what was happening under under mm -hmm. those table in those table rooms, but very likely Ukraine was about to be announced to be an independent and to be part of NATO. Yeah, well, they they are independent, they are independent and, already, and but... have been for quite some time now, more than a, more than a couple of years. Um, and have their own government, which everybody's proud of. Interesting that the president of the Ukraine was essentially pleading for NATO planes to fly over the Ukraine and make it to where Russia could not and NATO did not do it, which was wise. Uh, they were smart enough to not enter the Ukraine at all and say, this is bad. We don't support this. We're against it. But we're not, you're not a member of NATO, and we're not going to pretend that you are. Mm -hmm. We will lend some sort of support, financial, moral, and political, but we will not fight your war for you. Right. That was actually a smart thing to do. And I am not a Joe Biden fan, but I think so far, from what has been announced publicly, he has done the appropriate thing, all things considered. With the information we have available, he's he's done the appropriate thing. I'm more towards hands off as much as possible because we already get involved in way too much stuff as it is. Oh, we are, yeah, I agree. I I don't. I'm not an isolationist. I mean, I'm realistic about the global. Yeah, I'm not isolationist either. Countries but. either, 
but the u.s sticks their nose in things often that isn't any of its business at all Mm. and as an adult sometimes you got to let the kids fight it out right and pick up the pieces later as long as it doesn't get too bad Mm. and that's what it looks like happened here that there has been an offering and this is not two kids fighting this is more like two dudes living next door getting to a fist fight and (laughs) and you're just looking to make sure that it doesn't spill over into your property. You know what I mean? Well, it's kind of like, you know, some six, five, 300 pound yeah, yeah. dude beating on a 70 year old elderly man. And you're like, don't, not, don't curb stop him. Don't curb not, stop not, him. Not really. Not really. <laughs> Ukraine's not an elderly dude. And, and it, it appears that Ukraine may have done the equivalent of, you know, and I know it's looking out for his own interest. So I'm very hesitant to make any sort of analogies that put this in the, in the, Wrong and that's really what I want to go towards is Ukraine is not the innocent bystander that everybody thinks they are. They, right. That's why I say they're not the 70 year old dude. Yeah. I don't want to say they're picking a fight, but they certainly were doing things that they knew would provoke somebody exactly. else. They were instigating things on purpose to try to get NATO to be involved the entire time up to this war. Now, it's not yeah. just because of the war that they've been right. doing it the entire time. Right. As soon as Crimea became annexed independent from Russia or from Ukraine to Russia's control, they cemented the Northern Canal, which is the fr- the only and main source of fresh water supply to Crimea. Ukraine doesn't want to talk about this, but they essentially yeah, cut they, off fresh right. water to Crimea. That's pretty much like 200,000 people. Cutting off your neighbor's water and going, what's the problem? When, yeah. you get, when you want to punch them in the mouth and turn it back on. And you're like, no, 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 that's wrong to come over here and threaten me just because right. I cut off your water. Yeah, that's that, that's what I'm saying. It, I didn't want to say they're like a 70-year-old innocent man <laughs> sitting in a wheelchair. That's not the case. <laughs> you know, th- they've done things to provoke. And and I'm, I know everybody's aware of this as far as politically speaking, although people in our audience may not be. And they haven't been. They have wanted to call their own shots, as every country does. But right. you can't do hostile acts mm-hmm. and expect somebody to just ignore you, especially when the country is known not to ignore hostile acts at <laughs> right. all. Yeah, especially with one that has a very specific history. <laughs> yes, of saying we will not be bullied. And I do respect the fact that a country says I won't be bullied. I don't care who you are and I don't care what the consequences are. You yeah. bully me, you're going to suffer. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do if you don't like me is leave me alone. I don't have an issue with that. I really don't. It can be misconstrued. It can be lied about. People can misinform about it. Yeah. But that's typically what has happened, what I have seen. Now here, again, I'm not saying that's a reason for invasion. I don't believe it was, and it shouldn't have happened, period. But like you mentioned, Ukraine hasn't been this innocent baby laying in a cradle while yeah. this wolf They've came been... along and pulled him out and took off in the woods with him. Yeah. They've been making policy that has directly instigated russia for the past decade at least yeah since they since they were formed they Mm -hmm. were looking to do things i that's uh that's quite interesting um joe biden has previously said that russia had 190,000 troops in military readiness on the border and that they are all now in the ukraine yeah and that's pretty much the entirety of ukraine's military 190,000 about yeah. So similar. So that's another thing. Russia hasn't pulled more troops in from other areas to just steamroll them mm-hmm. or, or occupy. 
if you're going to occupy a place, you you have to have a lot more troops than the matching troops. Well, supposedly there's some type of 40 mile convoy that's ha- that's been steadily heading in and trickling in with more and more people, but I'm not sure. I haven't been kept up with that, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're trying to keep their own casualties to a minimum, as any any group of generals would and politicians would. The inter- and one of the another interesting thing, and I have to put this out there because I've been thinking about it for the last couple of weeks. Russia represents seven percent of all oil production in the world. Seven mm-hmm. percent. However, us in the United States has seen our gas prices go up over 30% in the last two weeks since the war started. And they've been blaming it on the war. And as you mentioned it, yeah, that is not the case. And you mentioned it, Biden has not yet, although they're preparing to block Russian oil imports. So they're still taking them in. Exactly. But oil has gone up 30. No oil has stopped yet. Everybody's still selling it. Everybody's still buying it. But oil went up over 30% in two weeks in the U.S. Something is wrong. There are other things going on that we are unaware of in the U.S. And there are players who are taking advantage of this. And by the way, there are also our Congress critters who are allowing this to get rich off of this. Yes. And I have a problem with that. Although I think there's a lot of variables. I think there's a lot of variables. Oh, no question. But But you can't explain this away. Right. No oil has ceased yet. Nothing has changed, but the prices have risen over from basically where we locally from three dollars a gallon to four dollars a gallon in two weeks. Yeah, in two weeks. That's a thirty-three and a third percent increase. So how do you explain that when there should have been no effect whatsoever? You know, oh, it's speculation. They're buying up. No, no, not at the pump. Not that fast. It takes a while for that to trickle through to go through refineries, to have an impact on distribution, to have an impact on inflation monetarily and economically. This happened in two weeks, a 33 Mm -hmm. and a third percent increase on gasoline. And we're just starting. And again, they only represent a 7% amount. It should have never gone that high in the first place. The most it should have ever been would have been 15%. If you think about it, how did it get up to a 33 and a third in two weeks? And the 15% shouldn't have happened for a long time. Until Yeah, I, I can say at least one contributing factor was a lot of European military funding drastically increased. And with all that comes them buying supplies for all that. Sure. Sure. So I doubt I I don't armies, doubt they uh bought a lot need, of gas and yeah, and armies food. need fuel and they use more of it than anybody else because they burn it because other people are paying for it. <laughs> so they burn it. Yeah, like they leave their business. stuffs on all the time, all day. Yeah, it doesn't matter. All the time. And their vehicles are very hungry for fuel, greedily sucking yeah, it down, especially they're not, they're not economically especially efficient. planes and tanks. And I know there are tens of thousands of tanks over there mm-hmm. uh, on all sides. So sure that is, but again, that doesn't explain that. No, it that is increase one variable though. That right. quickly. Cor- correct. And that's why I said the most you would expect would have been a certain amount based on available oil, but it it went up far far greater much like inflation going up far greater than it should have due to i think that's another impact outside forces well. yeah yeah inflation itself but you don't have a spike like that no unless you have a bunch of other things just coming together at the same time which is uh pretty crazy yeah 
I'm, I'm definitely interested in seeing how this pans out. I do believe uh, with with the uh, Ukraine invasion, Russia is going to be pulling back if they do agree. I do think they'll actually pull back. What I'm not surprised is they did take over those two territorial areas because Russia's been running propaganda in those areas for decades, well, uh, trying to get them into being yeah, a part of Russia. Yeah, and, and, and they're primarily Russian, if I'm not mistaken, judging by you know, the information out there. I mean, I'm not there, so I don't know for sure, but it's mostly Russian speaking from what I understand. And they're simply reacquiring territories that they believe are pro-Russian. And they're not even saying they're acquiring him. I I misspoke there. They want them to be recognized as independent nations, Mm -hmm. much like uh, Crimean, you know, so. Eh, They're not independent though. They're under, they're under Russian control. They're, they're, they use the same timeline. They use the same. Right. Well, politically, perhaps, and diplomatically, maybe, but they're part of Ukraine right now. And they're saying, hey, we want you to recognize these as independent states. And that's part of the reason they're claiming that they'll cease military action if the Ukraine recognizes that. Said so most of the 3.6 million people living in Donetsk and Luhansk regions speak Russian, a result of migration of Russian workers to the regions after World War II during the Soviet era. Moscow has in recent years issued more than 720,000 Russian passports to roughly one-fifth of the region's population, and this is according to the Associated Press. So they see that area as essentially Russian, even if it's not in the confines of the Russian borders, and they simply want the Ukraine to recognize that, and they don't even want to say, hey, we're going to claim this is Russian. Well, not right now. They may do it in five, ten years, right, politically, but right now they want to let them say, these are independent nations. These are Russians here. This is mostly Russian. So why don't you just let them be their own people? And they'll, they can determine what they want. We know that's probably a first step towards getting yeah. them to vote to be a part of Russia, much like Crimea uh, did. But right. regardless, that's what they're claiming. Right. And at yeah. least 2 million refugees have now fled the Ukraine since the beginning of the invasion, the UN stated. And that's today. This information, by the way, is information that's, you know, less than 24 hours old that I'm speaking. So mm-hmm. this is all fresh stuff. And again, this is coming after the many talking heads that spoke about it in the first two or three days, which appeared to be way off on guessing about why they believe Russia was moving in, at least publicly. Privately, they might have been saying different things, but the ones who were speaking uh, and broadcasting we're not talking about these things here. Um, it's interesting that they're not. I, I still think the forefront is oil, even though Russia's not mentioning it because they have majority of the oil now in possession. 80% of the deposits that were found in Ukraine were in Crimea. So they already have that. It's already done. Right. And, and Russia like has plenty of oil already. Um, and every every but country that has main, more resources. That main area of getting oil to Europe and all those other countries is through Ukraine, and they don't have their their upper they don't have their upper and lower networks through the Dead Sea and they don't the, have the transportation distribution to move all that oil. But yeah. Russia has plenty of ports itself. Right, they have plenty of ports itself. They also have the means to create their own pipelines, which they're they doing. don't have a port that doesn't freeze all year. Besides, and right. Sevastopol, which is in Crimea, right. which well, is one of the reasons. <laughs> one of the things they were mentioned was uh, pipelines going into Germany, and from what I understand, Germany has yet 
to stop those pipelines. So mm-hmm. oh, of course, Germany is the main taker of oil from Russia, one of the main right, ones. Right, maybe so, at the top one. And Germany needs that oil. Yeah, it hurts uh, and, Germany and as they much are as Moscow certainly not take it. One of the founders of NATO, right? Yep. But they are still buying oil from them, which is fueling their military. Well, I don't know action. if they're the founder of NATO. They're definitely uh... right. Well, <laughs> at the time, the Western Western Germany, when they were broken up during the Soviet during the right. Cold War era, Germany was definitely Germany. one of the beginning members. If, if right, that's what I'm saying. One of the found- voluntarily. That's what I'm saying. One of the founding. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Well, NATO didn't come about till well after World War II, but that, that was the idea. And I, I see what you're saying, but yeah, they were. <laughs> They, they're certainly a part of it now and one of the more stalwart members, let's say that. Mm, yeah. But they're still... The top taking, economy. They have you know, a lot right, of money over there. They have the top economy in Europe, so they have more money to buy fuel and need it. It gets yeah. incredibly yeah. cold over there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in, in, in parts, you know, so they certainly need it. And again, they have pipelines going in and they can, Russia can certainly build more. I don't think that the Ukraine is is Im, as important for pipeline management as originally speculated. Isn't oh, it is. I still think it is. From so what they, I remember last time when we gathered about it and we were talking about them, I think they're like, I don't want to say numbers, but a, a vast majority of their oil is transported through Ukraine from that pipeline. And Russia is in the in the midst of getting different avenues of getting the pipelines in different territories. Mm-hmm. So they're not dependent on ukraine but it's still not happening so they're yeah. still dependent on them. but because of their lack of resources and other, like i said they can't occupy the ukraine they can't force them to do this and sure but I'm they saying. can they can put the pressure on them and make them sign a treaty that says they don't they don't uh skim so much off of their off of their tariff anymore like they were and then they and charge then they, so much to use their territory for the pipelines sure um i'm I believe and, that's a, and then they're appeasing everybody, issue. and they get their economy blown up again. Well, that could have happened without the invasion. So I, I don't think the invasion. Is I, really I don't think about that was that. the only reason. I don't think it was only about that, but I do think it was a very driving factor, if not many other things. Oh, I, I, I believe it was, it was more it was other a, things than that. But I, I but yeah. I see your point. I, I, that Five birds, one stone important. type of situation. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I do see they they believe they had no other choice they would because they are being destroyed on the world political stage. Everyone mm-hmm. is hating on Putin and the leaders of Russia for doing this. That's why I believed they think they have no choice uh, but to do this for whatever reason. Uh, mm. I, the biggest reason I think is NATO. Yeah, with, that's I think that with, is the biggest reason. With the other reason being those independent nations being recognized and Crimea being recognized so that can stop being a hotbed of contention. And that would make their life much, much easier. And Ukraine still gets to be the Ukraine, Mm -hmm. right? They've just, they're not going to have those Russian occupied areas that they don't really control anyway. Right. So it shouldn't be any real skin off their nose other than the fact that they did get invaded. And you know, and I know, even though the U.S. loves to pay money to people whenever they fight a war, Russia is not going to pay them money. No. <laughs> They're not going to say, hey, sorry we had to invade you. Here's a couple of hundred billion dollars for your time and trouble. That ain't happening. They're on their no. own. 
Yeah, I don't see Russia doing that at all, compensating no, them for no, their troubles. Because because they need the money too. As I said, their their economy is less than the state of Texas, and they are much more vast with more people. Than the state What's of Texas. also what I found on one of uh, somebody's speculation on it, and I and I want to relate to you and see what your thoughts on it is. Russia's population is degrading, and it's been degrading since you mean Soviet times, decreasing. It, mm-hmm. Well, As certainly less and less. Less yeah. people being born than the amount of people who are dying. And leaving. And leaving. Yeah, that was the and, biggest one. During the Soviet spike era. during the COVID, COVID-19. Right. And that's another reason why the economy is so bad. Mm-hmm. During the Soviet period, which is why they had fences around their country, when you have to have a fence around your country to keep people from leaving, you're not doing it right. I'm just right. going to go ahead and say that. You have a real issue. It may mm-hmm. not be your fault, but at that point, it doesn't matter. You need to know how to, you need to fix it some kind of way. You're not being a proper leader. It doesn't matter if it's weather. It doesn't matter if it's aliens invading. It doesn't matter. If you have to put up a fence to keep people in your country, Yeah, something is gravely wrong. And people are willing to die or are the risk of dying to leave. That's what happens with North Korea. That's what happens with Cuba now. They're willing to get on a, a piece of floating styrofoam 90 miles to Florida and let sharks nibble at them just to avoid, just to get out of there because it's so miserable. And not just a few people. These are groups of people. And the same way has happened to the Soviet Union. Uh, people were trying to go over the Berlin Wall all the time, which is why they put riflemen up there to shoot people that didn't hide in the trunks of vehicles that yeah. went through Checkpoint Charlie between in uh, East Berlin and West Berlin at the time. All this stuff. And the same thing with the Soviet Union, people were constantly looking for ways to leave and go to the West because it was generally miserable. Yeah, a mass exodus is usually a telling sign that something's wrong there. Right. <laughs> and, and it's still happening, although not as much, because now there's a lot of opportunity in Russia. If you know how to do it, if you have the information, knowledge and ability to capitalize on it, you mm-hmm. can make things happen, much like the U.S. in the early 20th century, late 19th century. Sure, the richest people control most of the stuff, but if you can make the best of it, you can make a real life for yourself there if you know how to negotiate everything, because it's a lot more free. You don't have the Soviet Union, the KGB, and all this breathing down your neck to say the right things, do the right things, wear the right things. That is yeah. allegedly not the case anymore and honestly it just too much took too much time when you have that as much administration trying to make people think talk and act the right way they're not producing these people right. are just policing and police don't produce anything right they're like politicians and attorneys they don't create anything all they do is restrict <laughs> so yeah. they yeah, are not government making isn't self-sufficient no it they is, have to rely on the people. Yeah, it, their that, funds. That's, its very name means restriction. That's what government's about, restriction. Right. So when you have too much of it, too many people being a part of the government, you can't have people who are productive. You can't have a nation who's productive. Mm-hmm. And that's it's, it's tough to shake that off. And honestly, the Soviet Union was laboring under the weight of losing over 20 million of its people during World War II. And, they, and that was all men who would normally do risky, productive things because that's mm-hmm. just our nature generally. And they were dead. They died in the war, most of them. And they've been recovering from that ever since. And they did yeah. an incredible job of fighting off uh, the U.S. and NATO in the Cold War. And finally, the economy just collapsed 
because they couldn't keep up with the military arms production as well as the administration. They didn't have enough productive people. Their yeah. method of government doesn't work. That's been shown over and over. Even China buckled and they are not as brazenly uh, yeah. Soviet and communist. Their as, economic standards. Their economics is capitalism, capitalism now. Yeah. Now they still have the communists in the background willing to just yeah. grab something that. Sociopolitical or, they are. Sure, yeah, but their economy is capitalism because socialism flat out doesn't work. That's been proven over and over and over. And you have these people who disingenuously argue, well, they didn't do it right. I was like, well, here's the thing. Nobody's done it right. Right. No. How many times do you need to see it not happen? Right. In right. different ways, yeah. fail. Because it doesn't it, work. the essential premise is simply wrong. Not for a lack of trying, has it not worked? Right, right. <laughs> well, the whole 20th century is about that. And it just hasn't, hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. So, hey, it'd be great if it did. It just doesn't. Right. The, the idea of it's wonderful, but it, it just doesn't. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to with the population effect is showing the economic desperation that they're having. Because the more economy that booms, the more people want to be there, the more population you get. And you need yeah. people to govern. You can't have a Correct. government without people. You can't have a government right. without people. That's what I'm saying. Ukraine has lost 2 million refugees. They're going to lose more. Germany's taking them in. France is taking them in. Great Britain. All, these, all the European countries. You know the U.S. is going to fly in a couple of hundred thousand at least, as they always do. And they're going to take over certain little towns and cities or certain areas in the cities mm -hmm. and set up apartment buildings for them and give them education for free and all this other stuff, which is going to make the people in the U.S. become resentful as they normally would because they don't have that opportunity and they live here and pay taxes. <laughs> so, you know, you just have to look at it from everybody's point of view to understand the dynamics of what's going on. But if the Ukraine loses another two million refugees, say, who and they kill a bunch of the men in the Ukraine during this war, who's going to be left? Yeah. Yeah, who's going to you know, be doing things? That's to say, producing? Where's Russia, the infrastructure going to go? Correct. You can't have a country if you don't have any people in it that can do anything. And well, I'm another, saying on the, on the end with Russia, that, that's another motivating factor for them to get their economy to boom again, which would be another reason why they want Crimea sure. to be yeah, and accepted. I, and I'm sure that's a that's large part, part of, of their, yeah. And that's what I mentioned before about their economy, relatively speaking, is small for the size of their country and the amount of people they have. They need to get more economic activity. They need more liquid capital flowing into it. And this war from these international companies, isolating them is crippling them. And that's what I'm saying. I, I don't believe that they're going to actually state how bad it is. And we could guess, say, in another month, once the figures start coming in. However, I know it's having a drastic effect, which is why you saw is. this. You don't think it is? I, I think it has to, because their economy wasn't as large as it should have been. And they were on the brink of hurting anywhere. They wouldn't have made this invasion into the Ukraine. If the Ukraine selling oil through the Ukraine wasn't that important, it wouldn't have happened. As well as the diplomatic portion of NATO being right at their back door. I think out. the main premise was NATO being right there, but also another huge factor was, was the oil. And I think the oil still not being barged anywhere, as in everybody was still taking in Russia's oil and it being a third of their contributing factor for their GDP means they really weren't hurt that bad. They don't export much well, else. 
my thing is i and, and i haven't been clear and that's probably part of the reason why it's confusing my thing is i think russia is hurting economically a lot more than they're letting on they need a lot greater activity a lot greater economic activity and this invasion is proof of that sure not I agree just with that. security but economically they're not in a good way and haven't been since the wall came down and the and the soviets were crushed by the current group of people that are that are now in there and they need to get something going and they can't allow any restriction to that and that's what this war is about now i know I they have the a lot of trades are the ones hurting them right now though i really don't i well that's one opinion but like I said, I, I know that the U.S. represents the vast majority of economic flowing, economic activity. And when the U.S. says we're not doing business with you in any way, shape or form, that's got to hurt. I don't care who you are. China would be in a real bad way if the U.S. said, you know what, we're not buying anything from you anymore. And by the way, all that debt you bought, we're not paying that back either. That would be a problem for them. And that's almost what's happening in Russia. Not quite. Everybody's still going to pay the debt owed currently to Russia if there's any that Russia bought or is owed anything to U.S. companies. However, no future activity is going to be tolerated from PayPal, Visa, MasterCard, and a host of other financial companies and banks just said, you know, we're not doing business with you anywhere anymore. And if we have an office in your country, it's closed. That has happened in the last two weeks. That is being felt. I promise, which is why we saw this offer from Russia. I think that's what prompted this offer so quickly. I think they wanted to wait a little longer and make it more horrible so people didn't want to fight anymore and then do it. But because economically they're hurting so much that they went ahead and put it out right now and did it to the Ukraine, you know, the people they're invading and say, hey, this can all end right now if you just do these things. And we're not being unreasonable. It's, I think that's the way they framed it. Now, of course, that could be looked at a different way, but that's how they framed it. And say, this is all you have to do. Something you should have done anyway. That's all you had to do. And we'll go home. We'll go home. Yeah. I think they went overboard for the same reason you do in any, any tactic of, of uh, bargaining. You start high and then you get them to yeah, go I, within I a reasonable member of, of what I you agree. wanted in the first place. But th- I, I absolutely agree. That is how you do it. That's how everybody does it. You know, if, if they can get away with it. But mm-hmm. here, again... They invaded February 24th, 2022. Today is March 8th. So it's been quite literally two weeks, 14 days. And they're already saying this. You would think you'd wait at least a month, but war is expensive. If they wait, if they have to do this two more weeks, it's going to put their economy into even greater peril. And they're going to have to move more troops over for reinforcements and to give the ones they have there a break. Because I think you have a lot of... I think it's a lot telling as well of their tactics in this war the entire time. They've been attacking residential areas a lot more than usually is seen for, especially in in their usual tactics and just in normal. You you have at least some type of moral obligation to try to avoid residential areas. You would think, and but, they seem to be a, focusing them to really disparage them and to yeah, that's a psychological tactic. That's right. a little. That's a little terror in the war. But it's there. also it's a terror in the war, but it also shows a little bit of desperation to to end it as soon as possible to get yes. them to fear. I, I was going to say that I, I agree. I think that's mm-hmm. exactly what they're doing. They don't want to be there either. 
They just mm-hmm. want what they want. And now they're telling us what they want. We don't have to guess. Right. They're telling us exactly what they want. And that's in there. Like I said, they framed it in a way to appear reasonable. It's like, look, you don't, you don't have control over this anyway. So why don't you just go ahead and make it happen officially and then we'll go home. Right. Yeah. I think that's exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the details I'm, we disagree with a little bit, but I think. Right. Have... You're right. Motivations we disagree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, like I said, I know they can't, they can't occupy that country. Not to any real degree. It would, it would destroy them economically and morally and politically. They would be destroyed on the global stage, especially if this, if companies and countries started ramping up, they wouldn't even have to fire a shot. And I, and I alluded to that in our last podcast, the Russia China Pact said if they become isolated, it's going to hurt them very, very badly and might force them to act in a way that they wouldn't want to. Because they'll Maybe. have to at that point. Now they could, of course, turn some of their attention toward China and and have a closer bond. But with that pact, they have a pretty close bond publicly anyway. I know they don't trust each other, and you can't blame them. But they, China buys a lot of oil from Russia. They use a lot of oil. I'm sure they don't pay as much as Western countries do. There, and that's <laughs> they have a right different there. a different agreement. I'm sure. But there is a lot of trade between those two nations. And I don't think it would be that hard for Russia to adapt on being more dependent on China's economy and their demands for. No, they're right there. Right. A lot, a lot of their border, you know, and they have a lot of open trade already. So it would mm-hmm. simply ramp up. They would have to just shift that economic activity and geopolitical attention over to China and it would have a, be if, a if anything it would be self self-prophesizing if they then in recognition and retaliation sanction china because then china would be more dependent on russia for their resources right you would essentially would force them other. together even more and i'm curious like you mentioned earlier china i'm sure is looking at all of this very very closely yes to see the reaction but i will say one thing it did bring nato and the world together against russia and the fact that they common were, enemy yes unanimously unanimously against what they did and showed how horrible the invasion was how bad it was and how unnecessary it was to everybody except russia it seems and perhaps yeah. china although they n- issued a quite neutral statement about it i don't recall what it is but i remember being well that's the blandest statement i've ever read <laughs> the most diplomatic invasion, statement ever. right about an invasion in another country of course, it yeah. had nothing to do with them other than their best bud just ran into another <laughs> a neighboring country. Yeah. But coincidentally. But, yeah, it just it happens, right? <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, that that would be an interesting thing to see. The social media aspect is very interesting on how this all because everybody gets so much more information on the ground because we get to see sure. recordings. you have people right. We have more information right now through social media than we did just 40 years ago with news correspondence on the ground. And that's what I'm saying. We're not there. We're yeah. depending upon other information. But amazingly enough, people who are there are sending information. When everybody's got a phone to and other a recording people. system in yeah, the pocket. To, right, to people we know. You see video, audio, text, written essays, letters, emails being sent right now from people who are right there. Now, admittedly, most of these people are just regular folks just doing their job. These are not intelligence officers or high level political people with 
right. uh, confidential or top secret clearances to have information. However, this is not second, third, fourth hand information. This is information that we are well aware of mm-hmm. and we can speak about intelligently as opposed to just speculating the next day after the invasion. Right. We see it with our own eyes. That's, that's right. what's happening. Right. That is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, trains are being crowded. People are leaving who can leave. Uh, and I think this will end pretty quick. The Ukrainian what? people themselves are fighting against it the entire time. And the Russian yeah. troops, most of them are reluctant to be there. They don't want to be there. That's, That's another thing. You, yeah. you can't occupy a country when your troops don't want to be there. On top, yeah. of the, on top of the fact you don't have the economy to stay there, but your troops don't want to be there either. The vast majority of them, sure, they're going to remain loyal to your face, but mm-hmm. they're not going to act the same way as a, as a patriotic troop thinking they're defending their country and doing the right thing. It's a completely different way of being. And that morale plummets that badly. And then you start having desertions and other things. Uh, You'll have uh, other issues on top of desertions or people, troops simply banding together going, nope, not doing it. And you decide on what you want to do, but we've all decided we're not going to do this anymore. Commander or not, you're not going to pull out your sidearm and mow down all your troops because they'll kill you. You're, you're going to think very closely about what you're going to do. You're also not going to sick your other troops on those troops because that shows all sorts of other problems. And that's when I studied. They can't occupy yeah. that country, although a prolonged war with Ukraine would could wipe Ukraine out completely and put Russia in a worse light. But it would really cripple Russia on every front if they made some serious problematic war crimes that way. And of course, they wouldn't call it war crimes. Other peoples would after the fact. Those kind of things are always 2020. But, yeah. And we're not saying they're doing it now. We're just saying that That's also it could go is, that way if this yeah. contracted thing occurs. The other fallout to that is no matter how you see it in any way it goes and shapes and forms in a prolonged war, Ukraine is going to not be there anymore, <laughs> however it shows. So I don't think Ukraine has to – I think Ukraine will sign this because no matter how you see it, Ukraine well, – will be the the butt end of the stick no matter yeah, how your, it seems. your thing is why not sign it right you can get these troops out of here you can stop the war and you've essentially given up nothing physically a, a lot of nothing right because those areas are occupied by russians already they've agreed to be uh they're independent and they and they get along better with russia than they do with well not only that teams. if it's a prolonged war if you, you if say in the best situation what ukraine wants is nato to come in and, and you're still the the ground wars is still on your hometown. You don't want that. That's your right. You, you've now become the ground right. wars for two big nations to start right. attacking you, you each other. You can't prosper if there's continuing war in your country. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. I agree. There's just all sorts of issues with that as it continues. So, I think we had a great discussion about what's going on, and hopefully this changes for the future. I hope they agree to this. Like I said, it was framed very carefully and well. There's some smart people who are handling this. We will see over the next week or two how this is handled by all the other countries, NATO and the U.S., uh, European countries and other countries, this, this offer of ceasing military operations by Russia and if the Ukraine will agree to it. So what is our next podcast going to be about? Education, the difference between education from me growing up to you growing up. All right. Education over the years. Right. What have we seen differently and what have we experienced and how are they handling it now? So because you've been out of it for 
10 years yeah, now about 10 years yep. yeah i've been out of it for more decades than 10 more <laughs> than 10 years more decades than one i should say so yeah we can talk about the differences growing up mostly it's cultural but it's also political differences and uh, tax differences and expectation differences and all sorts of other things mm-hmm. so i believe that'll be a great podcast and i thank everybody for listening please subscribe and if you're watching on youtube thank you please like and subscribe And we will see you next time on Boomer X. And I'm Millennial Z. Take care, everybody.